Everybody sounds good. We're recording. This is good. Let's try this again. Hi, Joel. We had some technical difficulties. I thought I knew how to we, work. My same as it ever was. We always that's have true. technical difficulties. It's fine. That's true. Those of you hi, everybody. Listened, hi. You hi. know this is just how it is. <laughs> hi, everybody. Welcome to the Trying to Be Better with Joel and Steve podcast. We are super prepared. Um, we're a well-oiled machine. Yeah, that's we're like is. clockwork, man. And we have a really fantastic guest. So hopefully he doesn't just quit the Zoom. Leave. <laughs> yeah, he might just bail. Uh I'm really grateful to be here today. Um, uh, it is. I have 20 years of continuous sobriety. As Joel of today. has 20 years of Which not is, of of continuous sobriety. That's really awesome, man. Congratulations. Weekends, in, weekends included. Weekends include and road trips <laughs> and concerts. Like concerts, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. and weddings, crushing, crushing self doubt and panic yeah, attacks. We, I didn't use at all. Yeah, that's amazing. And I've known you through all of that on and off. Mostly You've on. known me from I. I would just got a, I got a text from an old pal, um, JT, who and I was like, "You were there from the shit show beginning." So were right. you, Steve? like, yeah. yeah. I remember you very skinny and very sweaty. Yep, and very anxious. That's I what I remember. Anxious Joel. That's real. Yep. Yeah, you're not Still nearly there. as anxious it's, today. You're. A I lot hide more, it better. Yeah, right. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> and I have a I therapist. Say, I wasn't. Any, I wasn't even any better. So. <laughs> But yeah, um, dude, it's been a real joy uh, getting yeah. to know you, and it's uh, just been really yeah. fantastic. Yeah, man, you've been a huge part of that, so thanks. Sure. Um, right and on. one of the joys of recovery is getting to do things like this and talk to cool people. Yeah. Um, so I'm really grateful to have this podcast with you specifically. Me too, man. Um, find us on the Instagram, trying to be a better podcast. Email us at ttbbpodcast at gmail.com. Got it. You nailed I nailed it. it like it was no awesome. big deal. I usually screw that up, so... Now that that's out of the way, so we sure. have a fantastic guest, and I sure. will let Steve introduce. Yeah, uh, tonight's guest is my good friend, Seth Montequello. Um, Seth and I met at our church through, um, well, our kids, basically. Nice. And I think we actually met at, at a dinner function at the endowment dinner. I think that's where we actually met, like we shared a table or something. Is that Seth, say hi to the folks. Hello, everyone. And nice, I yeah. think you are correct that it, yeah, we kind of bumped elbows at a yeah dinner and hey and, how's it going at that? Right, yeah yeah hey you're you're anymore. another father here at st john's right. or whatever yeah. you know and we have kids together so there's something or not we don't have kids together because that'd just be weird but our it kids are together weird. no it's not it's fine it's but fine. you don't have it's okay if you would but you don't right yeah. right right well because we're both married to you know not we're not married to each other we're married to our wives and so if we had kids that would just get complicated oh my gosh Thanks all kinds of families, man. There's a there's a sitcom in there somewhere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad John Ritter's not alive to star in that sitcom because I feel oh like that'd gosh. be really great. Well, um, it's always I mean, I, I can I can I've been to a lot of church functions, so I know the awkwardness that can happen if you're with nobody that you connect with. So it's sure. cool that you both found somebody you could just sort of right. chat with. Well, I feel that. like I mean, that goes a like, long way at those things. We've definitely, I think we hit it off kind of from the start. I mean, that I would seems, say so. Yeah. And those, like the, I think the dinners that we met at, we were just, you know, we're kind of lucky in the sense that um, there's some cool people that go to our church and our kids' school. Like mm -hmm. there's just some really neat people. And that's just kind of a fun uh, social environment. Demented and sad, but social. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> sorry breakfast club awesome. anyone yeah um 
so yeah like um we basically saw each other periodically at church and then uh then we started working together right yeah yeah and that's actually, really kind of how that went down like i didn't know you we knew each other socially i would say i think i was looking for a job because the job i had had for almost 10 years was went away being eliminated yeah, yeah, yeah and i mentioned something to you and you said well yeah my company's hiring uh-huh nice. and it, it kind of went like that and uh yep. well i knew that you had the right i guess temperament and skill set to do they were hiring like a general manager person uh-huh. and i knew yeah. that you could do that you know yeah so i mean that was uh that was a huge hand up if you will that was a not a hand out i was trying man no it was it was perfect like right at the time of need when uh sure you know you need something so that was that was the right hey check this out and um well so we got phenomenal we we went from being uh i would say social acquaintances that look forward to seeing each other to spending a lot of time together like more than we did we spent more time with each other than we do with our spouses and families for yeah. a couple of years three years maybe not quite two yeah but I, I mean i'd say that we went through a lot together and therefore formed you know a friendship and a bond you know like people that go to war together <laughs> yeah i was gonna say was it like a trauma bond or what was kind it like of. To, what was it like to work <laughs> with it started steve? that way yeah well the what, thing what, that, how is steve as a co-worker seth Honestly, I love Steve as a coworker because of the way that we mesh. Yeah. Uh, well, we both have really low tolerances for bullshit. Yes, <laughs> that helps. And and we're both really patient. <laughs> oh yeah, I was like, wait. I can tell oh. that Seth might be patient, but I don't know about Steve. Well, here's the thing: is that I think ultimately we're both compassionate. Yeah. To a certain level, patient mm-hmm. not so much. No. Right. Right. But ultimately, you know, it's the whole hot as a pistol, cool inside thing. It's like <laughs> once you kind of stand back and like, and I think we were good for each other that way because we both have that thing mm. of like, I'm going to kill y- y- you or, you know, <laughs> and we could just so like what like that I could be that way around Seth and, and th- there wouldn't be this. Oh, my God. Reaction, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Nobody would have to die that day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, <laughs> right. 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 That day. That day. Tomorrow <laughs> is another day. But we worked right. in a very high stress mm. environment, like always. It was. Always. It was. And it was crazy to think that it was a eight to five type of job. It felt like 12 to 12 yeah, yeah, yeah. every day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It was a lot. Um, but anyway, so I guess I just grew to, well, I grew to love Seth, Aww. you know, just, yeah. Right. You know, I mean, we really, it was, I, we just became good friends and I mm. definitely appreciate, you know, you and I, you know, got to know your family and they're all delightful. And, uh, you know, uh, you, you have, you have a larger family than I do. And I got to watch that grow during that time. Yes. How yeah. many kids do you have, Seth? I have four and they range from three years old up to 16. Oh my gosh. That's a range. That's a hell of a range. Uh It is. It is. So the two, uh, 
the two oldest are girls and then the two youngest are boys. And so um, we have our hands full. (laughs) (laughs) I have zero kids. So that, you know, gives me a panic attack alone. Just hearing that. So we, we loan, we loan out and there's no charge by the way. Okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, if I ever want to just, you know, take care of a three-year-old toddler running around. Right. Right. If you ever just want to experience the joy, (laughs) I shouldn't even laugh when I say that. That's not fair. (laughs) Well, you know, I've always, and Kirsten and I, we check in with each other about every six months. Like, do you want to have kids? We're like, no, no, me neither. You know, we're good. (laughs) We have to check in every once in a while, but I think that both of us, um, have, uh, we, if we ever do get pregnant, which we're not planning on doing, that we have our uh, adolescent uh, shit show coming back to us pretty strong from both right. of us. So it keeps us keeps us on the straight and narrow, if you know what I mean. So sure, yeah, karma's <laughs> a bitch like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. So um, I left Seth's company, our company, whatever. What four years ago ish, and you. But we've yeah. kind of, like we haven't worked together for four years, maybe. Yeah, it's been, been a, it's been a little while because I think. Yeah, I think you were there for about two years yep. and then left and then up until uh, all of the things that I've recently gone through, it was just about two years there. So, about yeah, OK, two years between. But we've kept in touch throughout time, largely because we live in the same neighborhood. We have kids and we go to the same church and the same school. So there's that. Yeah. Um, And we just see each other around, which is cool. Um, So I guess I got a call. Well, no, I tried to call you. Would have been, when did all this start? For those of you that haven't heard me talk about this or that don't know what's going on here, Seth has glioblastoma. Is that, am am I saying that right? Brain cancer. Yeah. Glio, glioblastoma. Am I saying that right? Uh, glioblastoma. Yeah. Blastoma. Thank you. L in there. Yeah. Yeah, Blast. Blastoma. Glioblastoma. Blow it up. So, and it's type four and it's really serious. Um, It is. It is really serious. Um, And I just remember, when did this start? Because my dad passed New Year's Eve and I don't remember if your tumor happened before or after that. It would have happened uh, right before. Uh, so cause you started without, having without going too far, um, into it. No, no, that's why I had, here. I had a, a pre-planned surgery for my shoulder. Oh, oh that's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that was on the, that was on the, that surgery was on the 18th of December and somehow or another, not being an athlete, I managed to just completely destroy my shoulder. Right. We have no idea how that happened, but it I was. I could take a couple of guesses, but they're not family friendly. <laughs> right. Right. You don't play like church league softball. Or you're not like throwing 90 mile an hour softball pitches or anything. No, no. I, okay. I don't know if I can throw a 10 mile an hour softball. <laughs> right. uh, no, but I, I had the surgery on what was, I think, the 24 the 18th of December. December. Mm-hmm. And then, and I, um, I actually had my wife write notes down because I, my, my memory is going these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the 20th of December. I ended up, my wife ended up taking me into the emergency room 
I just, I was struggling, couldn't quite gain my composure, couldn't formulate my thoughts. And, uh, she, by the time she got me into the ER, which she was thinking, Oh gosh, this is, you know, it's, it's just a side effect of, you know, the medications from this surgery. Yeah, yeah. You know, by the time she got me in there, I, I couldn't say my name. I mm. uh, couldn't formulate coherent thoughts and they were suspecting possible stroke. Mm. And so then uh, after a brief workup, because they thought it was stroke, they were, they being the doctors were able to determine that I had a brain tumor mm. and it was a four inch mass uh, inside my head. That's amazing. And then uh, they ended up removing that plus an extra couple inches all the way around uh, for margin to. So if, if I was smart before, I'm pretty sure that's all gone. <laughs> Any smarts that may have been there were taken yeah. out. So, okay. so, so that's my in your smart is centered in your smart cortex and they, they took most <laughs> yes. of that out. Okay. Yeah. They said, make sure. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, I'm very curious. Seth, tell me about just how that, that feels when you can't, I mean, cause my sister recently had a pretty mild stroke and she kind of described the loss of, coherence and being able to speak clearly for a little bit and not being able to move your legs temporarily. But like, what are you thinking in that moment? Like, what is that experience like? Is it terrifying or were you kind of numb to it? Did you, were you confused? Uh, I'm going to say confusion is, is the biggest thing. So having discovered the brain tumor first and having that taken out, I spent a couple of weeks uh, just kind of learning to speak and put mm. my thoughts together and, um, deal with the fact that I had this monstrous, uh, scar on the top of mm. my head and that my, that was gnarly. Head, it, yeah. It's, it's pretty, uh, it, it's a pretty awesome scar. Mm -hmm. Um, it is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm using my finger to measure right now, but I'm going to say oh, wow. that from the top of my head all the way down and around to the base of my ear. So whatever yeah. that would be, that's probably a good 18 inches. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. just for the, for the listeners at home, he, he traced a line from the opposite side of his head all the way back to below his other well, opposite. They, they lobe. pulled a baseball sized lump out of your brain. That's they did. Yeah. I mean, they didn't let me keep it though. Yeah. That's a bummer. What do I they know. do with that? Do they keep, do they keep, do they, they just, like study they it? Throw they throw it in the tumor bin, the, the incinerator. <laughs> right. My understanding is at least with this one, they are, I say are studying it because they, the doctors wanted to figure out, you know, what can we learn from this yeah, tumor right. because of its size and, and its location. So here's the thing that kills me is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding was that they thought that that thing was two weeks old. Is that correct? Or did I make that up? No, you're correct. Yeah. Oh my God. In a See, two that's week span, it had grown more than four inches in diameter. And then they had to take, as I said, take extra margins mm -hmm. to try to get everything. Mm-hmm. 
So, cause that's, cause you were talking about, and I like, cause I remember talking to you. I talked to you Saturday, the Saturday afternoon before all this went down and you sounded fine. Mm. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, could, I, 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 I mm. would, right. You, you were, you were talking about having some stress from work because it was the holiday season at work and that's insane anyway. Yeah. And, and so you're talking about like you, I, I think maybe you had mentioned that you were just kind of having a little bit of difficulty, but you attributed it to, to stress. Like, yeah, that makes total sense, you know, because I knew what you were dealing with. Yeah. And then it was shortly after that I got I don't remember if I tried to call you or if Don just called me, Don being Seth's wife, like on your phone to me. And I was at work and just saying, telling me what had happened, that you had had Mm. this surgery. Mm. And that's so that was um, that'll happen very quickly, I guess, is my point. It, wow. it did. It happened very quickly. And so um, just to tie together uh, what uh, Joel was saying. So it was about four weeks between that phone call that Steve would have made to my wife, uh, which was just two days after the surgery. planned surgery on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, so about four weeks later is when I ended up back in the hospital again on a Saturday um, again, and I didn't mention this the first time, but having been found by my oldest daughter, wow. so good job, dad, um, <laughs> way to traumatize your children. Uh, mm. but, uh, th- that was so four weeks later, which would have been a couple, three weeks ago now that I ended up back in the hospital, having had the, uh, grand mal seizure. Yeah. And so that's where the seizure has come into play. And so now we have the fact that I had the tumor, which has been removed. Mm -hmm. And at this point, the doctors haven't seen any regrowth, but they're saying it's too soon to tell. Sure. And then now we've had the grand mal seizure Mm -hmm. and that has caused memory loss and even more so than before i was i would say i was recovering i was improving yeah working on some speech therapy working on some writing therapy uh and after having the seizure that really seemed to set me back um i don't know who saw me in the hospital after the seizure but i have been told that i was speaking in some tongues Mm, wow (laughs) and and that it was very um incomprehensible uh and that that lasted for 48 hours and then Mm. i started to slowly kind of regain some cognitive cognitive uh speech and memory and then was begging get me the heck out of this place right (laughs) didn't fully understand what was going on then. And yeah. I think it was so that I went in on a Sunday again. And I think it was finally like late Tuesday afternoon that I was finally released and then spent the next week trying to figure out, okay, what happened? Yeah. Where am I at? What am I doing? And just trying to put the pieces together, which depending on the day I, still am. <laughs> yeah. That's I, 
the the science of that Seth is pretty fascinating that your brain you know like after the seizure there was sort of a reboot and your brain was trying to like connect to the speech you know and you were just speaking in perhaps gibberish or maybe maybe you were channeling some other language but then then you know 48 hours later you were able to come back in a way that's yeah. uh it's really that's scary but it's also really fascinating sort of how the body sort of connects the wires and in, in a short amount of time after such a traumatic event like a two grand traumatic seizure. events yeah huge huge hmm. yeah it so i'm i'm blessed i get i, yeah. I gotta say that i'm blessed yeah. that's for sure yeah, for sure so in there's the the whole steroid mix oh my gosh <laughs> yeah because that why you're did that right start now? you're juiced up seth yeah well are you doing are you still on the steroid regimen I, I am still juicing up. Yeah. yeah. So, but that started because of swelling. It did. It, it started because of the swelling from the initial tumor. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and so the doctors, so gosh, I've been on a steroid regimen since the fourth week of December. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's gone kind of up and down, uh, there was shortly after Christmas or right before Christmas, there was a period of, I'm going to say 72 hours where I didn't sleep. I couldn't, oh, I couldn't wow. turn my brain off. And then I started mm -hmm. having a ton of pressure. So then they had to increase the steroids and then we had to kind of ramp up and then back it down. And so now I think I'm at a good place, but I will probably have some type of steroid in my system forever. Yeah. Mm. Wow. It's uh, it's great for for weight gain. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's for and, and for and for <laughs> it's being awesome for gaining weight and for yeah. being patient. Yeah. Yeah, and for being patient. Yes, because I I was that was a problem before, but now yeah, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. So how does, um, I don't know, man, I guess, how are you, how are you handling all this? Cause you seem like if I didn't, if I didn't know that all of this was going on and I was just talking to you, I would not know that anything was going on other than maybe the occasional memory lapse. Yeah. Right. Right. Or maybe struggling for a word, but even that, um, like I don't really notice that, but I know, but I also know that you're kind of leveled off right now, you know? I, I would say that I am kind of leveled off as far as the medications go. Um, I had my wife who is amazing, write down some notes for me. Yeah. Okay. So that What'd she write I down? Could, what's that? What'd she write down? Oh, she just wrote down some things so that I don't forget like who I am. Uh, wow. No, uh, more importantly, just some of the dates and the timeline of what happened because I have still been confusing the um the grand mal seizure mm -hmm. I, I i'm reading it now so i'm seeing it correctly but i was calling it something else oh and i've been little little words i've been confusing mm -hmm. and it tends to be things that are probably more recent mm -hmm. so I, there seems to be some short-term memory loss and or confusion Mm -hmm. that 
are associated with this seizure. So she just wrote some things down for me so that I could have the little cheat sheet, little uh, reference. And I think I've gone through everything. So now I'm going to screw everything up from here on out. No, I, I, <laughs> we're not going to hold you to it, Seth. You, I mean, yeah, right. whatever timeline you have, we're going to roll with, man. Like, <laughs> right. just roll and with that's, it. that's a fascinating thing too. Like, does it feel like that amount of time to you or does it all feel like a blur? Does it all feel like this thing has all been mashed up and, uh, lately I'm feeling the mashup. I really am. Yeah. Uh, at first it was like, okay, I can, I can handle this shaving the head and having to sit still. And man, it was actually, I think my family probably was going, Oh my God, this is the first time he's ever shut up and just sat down in how many years. And <laughs> wow, can we have this guy for a while? <laughs> and then as the, you know, the steroid regimen increased and all of those things, you know, then we start to see a little bit more of the normal Seth, the more, I'm a hyper kind of just nonstop type of guy. And you pump me full of steroids and, and then add in confusion and, and nuances and all of these things. And I'm pretty sure that it was a wild ride mm -hmm. and I was really excited getting past the first six weeks. Cause that was the, it was six weeks of, um, radiation and then six weeks of chemo. So mm. the chemo is a, a pill. Uh. Okay. And so I have going into visit my doctors, the radiation was so super simple it took longer for them to set everything up to put my skull cap on to do everything than it did to actually have the radiation. Mm. And, and the team is awesome. Mm -hmm. The chemo is pill form. Mm -hmm. So it's super easy to swallow. Uh, and honestly, I had like no side effects from it. Mm. So Amazing. in that aspect, I got the easiest treatment mm. Now, the flip side is <laughs> somehow the way that the doctors figured this out is we're going to give the worst treatment for the cancers that are easiest for us to uh, to work with. Hmm. So when I would go in and watch these people with needles in their arms and all of this other stuff, they have a much greater chance of beating this mm. than I do. Mm. I got the really easy mm. form of <clears throat> um, medicine, mm -hmm. right? The easiest dis uh, dispensary, if you will. Yeah. And I have the worst cancer with the worst prognosis. Wow. Wow. <laughs> like, uh, what do you do? Yeah, um, we laugh right. about it. Right. <laughs> is what right. we do. We laugh about it. We make jokes about it. But mm. uh, now I'm at that point where having then now had the seizure, I just frustration is there wasn't a lot of that before. Like I feel I was pretty happy. Mm -hmm. I was dealing with the the fact that, okay, it's cancer. Yeah, mm. it's 
chemo. Yeah, it's radiation, but I can deal with this. I got a good team. It's non-invasive. You know, I can take pills at night and it's, it's, it's easy, right? If, if this is how I'm going to beat this, I'm going to beat this. And Mm -hmm. then having the seizure yeah, and having that setback and being confused and now very frustrated Mm -hmm. by why, why did this happen? What does this mean? And now do I have to worry about this? Yeah, actually I do have to worry Mm -hmm. about this. Mm -hmm. You know, we went and saw, um, an oncologist, and we've seen some doctors over the last week and it's okay. So now I have an extra, uh, uh, medicine. It's, it's like, a uh, an inhaler yep. that's designed to help prevent, uh, if I start having a seizure, it's like an escape hatch kind of, Oh wow. That's how I've been envisioning it. Like when we went it for is. that drive that day, Don was like, take this thing just in case. Yeah. Yeah. Or like an, or like Narcan or something. It, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like a, a Narcan, um, syringe if you will that shoot up your nose mm-hmm. but this is to stop a seizure wow so which can happen like at any time correct yeah and maybe i'm going to shift gears to get more philosophical seth so forgive me but it's it. kind of part of <laughs> I, I don't know we both do that at certain levels but right Okay. We've heard, I mean, I, you have had a, a, a crash course in medicine over the last few months. Like you just rattled off all kinds of things that you're going through medically, all of those things. How are you? Today? Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah. Today I'm okay. I, I find myself, um, Sometimes I just kind of want to break down and cry. Yeah. Especially like when I sit down and try to, well, trying to explain to you guys or, or to anybody that is listening or even having a conversation with my wife, sometimes just not being able to say what I want to say. Yeah. That's really tough for me. I have always felt that I'm the guy that has the gift of gab, that I have the right words. And when I can't put into words because my brain won't let me, Mm. that makes me want to cry. Writing is something I always enjoyed, and that has become very difficult. Uh, I'm sure that's... I'm sure that Steve has seen a few text messages come from me that go, well, Seth must be texting again. If my wife Dawn is texting, it's going to be spelled correctly. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> because you, you just, you've lost at some point the ability for your brain to translate letters into keystrokes. Correct. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. wow. Yep. Yeah. So um, keyboard, especially with a phone is the most difficult mm. Uh, keyboard on a computer is easier because I, of the tactile function, if you will. Yeah. Um, I use voice to text, but I'm finding myself using it less because it just frustrates the heck out of me. Because I don't it, get it 
right? It inevitably gets something wrong, and then you have to go back and fix like some little word, and it makes Mm -hmm. it ten times more. Mine just keeps typing the word duck a lot. I don't understand why. (laughs) That's a different. Oh man, you should just do those those voice notes, right? Just like hold the thing down and talk into it and send it off. And oh yeah, that's a good idea. Those things are those are great. Mm -hmm. I've I've tried. Yeah, the using the voice from the text message not so good. But I've I've actually contemplated that. Somebody, uh, somebody else that both Steve and I know uh, had said, "Hey, try this Dragon Dictation. There are mm. free versions." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's something I'm I'm looking into because the paid version is quite expensive, but it sounds like uh, it could be, you know, something worthwhile. So we're gonna play with that a little bit, but it's it's tough. I mean, it's- I just there's something fundamental, Seth, about that you know, that need to communicate and and that when we don't have the words, when we're small children and when we don't have the words because of something like this, I, my grandpa had a really gnarly head injury in in the end of his life and he couldn't form words, but he, you could see behind his eyes, what he was saying. Mm -hmm. And, and I saw him like he was a child and it was so frustrating because he knew he wanted to say things, but he couldn't say them. And I, I'm not surprised that that's such an emotional experience because that's like, that's like who we are. It's like, you know, being able to communicate, that's how we get our needs met. That's how we get our frustrations out. That's how we order food. That's how we do things. It's like our communication is such a, such a huge gift, you know, yeah. and when that's, when that's messed with, that taps into not being able to express who we are, you know, that's been very difficult and mm. Yeah. So after having had the seizure and having that setback, um, there've definitely been more tears and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's tough. It, it depends on the day, sometimes yeah. the time of day. Yeah. Um, so just, I have, a, I have a question Yeah. and it may be a tough one, but I want to ask it just cause I'm really curious more than anything, but, um, you know, this is a pretty serious situation. Uh, with the glioblastoma and I'm I mean I know you and I've sat with you through this and um, I I know that you have a sense of humor about things which gets you through Mm -hmm. Um, how how are you handling your sense of mortality these days um I would say it depends on the day right uh you know we were we being uh Dawn my wife and I We've been planning since before all of this, we mm-hmm. were planning a Hawaiian getaway. Mm-hmm. I know you were aware of that. Uh, I knew that, yeah. That was going to be a treat for the kids last year. Yeah. We had to cancel it due to COVID, like right. literally within days. Mm-hmm. And we rescheduled and then COVID bit us again uh, about two and a half weeks ago when Mm. one of our four children was asymptomatic, but came back with uh, positive for COVID. Mm. So we had to cancel everything again. Mm. And you were supposed to go to Hawaii like two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so now here we are and we're trying to reschedule Hawaii. This will be the third time. And now 
we have this mortality thing mm-hmm. hanging over. Um, and it's, it's tough because the one side is the initial scans, which everything is so new. Mm-hmm. They look good mm-hmm. because everything's new. Mm-hmm. The cap, which uh, the people listening can't see, but the, we'll call it the radiation cap, which is a whole bunch of uh, electrodes stuck to my head. Mm-hmm. With yeah. some you look cool beautiful. Wires. You look beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, This, this radiation cap is new as of just the last couple of days. And the concept is to send electromagnetic pulses to the cells in my brain and confuse them into not replicating. Mm -hmm. Essentially, giving me an opportunity to prolong my life by mm-hmm. up to five years. Mm-hmm. Okay. So zero still sets me back. Nothing. Five right. years is great. So sure. I am very ecstatic about that, but I am confused, mm-hmm. concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, my doctors have a great outlook and I'm doing my best to, have a positive outlook, mm-hmm. but the reality is I have the worst form of cancer, the worst form of brain cancer. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'll see my kids. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, here's what I know, Seth, um, from knowing you and from knowing your family. Um, you know, the last time I was over at your house, what was that? The day we sat on your, out on your front porch and just watched the kids play. What was that? Three weeks ago, maybe Yeah, a month ago. I was sitting there thinking that, um, well, a, it was just nice to sit there and shoot the shit with you. Just like, no, we talked about laundry. Yeah, we did. <laughs> like, we talked, Seth and I, Seth and I are both laundry dorks. Everyone, <laughs> We were comparing our OxyClean. Oh yeah. And, and you don't, don't do really, too much OxyClean. You got to get the right amount. Well, I, I sent, I lit cause we were talking because uh, one of my daughters was getting grass stains on the knees of her jeans. And so we were talking about how we're going to get those out. So I sent Seth a picture a couple hours later of clean jeans, no grass stains. I was very proud of myself. I flex, I was flexing a little bit. Oh um, yeah. But the, but the, <laughs> but the point is, is that knowing all of this and I was sitting there with my friend, Seth, and I think I had a sense of peace that maybe I w- was hoping you were feeling uh, through the cosmos or however you want to put it, you know, just sitting there like two people talking about laundry. Mm. And that what I'm trying to say is that no matter what happens, everything's going to be okay. Mm. Right. Right. No matter what happens, everything's going to be okay. Um, because I, I know what your faith is, right? Yep. And and I and I guess I'm kind of curious uh what that's looking like these days, but I also know what my faith is, and it's kind of nebulous, but it's grounded in the belief that um well <sighs> the universe ultimately is just. Yeah. 
because if it wasn't, I wouldn't be here. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Right. And so obviously watching my friend get brain cancer sucks. Right. For a thousand reasons. Um, but it's also, this is kind of, um, just to make the podcast about me for a second. Um, but it's forced me, it's forced me as a friend and as an adult to reckon with certain things, right? Yeah. And watching you, Seth, go through this with a with a degree of grace mm-hmm. and acceptance um has been inspiring for me and humbling. And it's also, I've had to kind of grow up a little bit hmm. more, you know, and that sucks. Cause I hate that. You know? <laughs> so, so I, so I can't, you, imagine, I just I, want to say thank you, Seth, for teaching Steve to grow up a little bit more. Right. We're all yeah. waiting for right. this. You're right. You're yeah. I know it's so about I, time to, to, um, to tag on to Steve's question though. Like how, where is your, how is your faith holding you or is it, has it felt more groundless? Um, has it felt more personal and real or has it felt more like, um, you're questioning things? I I'm very curious. Yeah. Uh, so I am, I, f- I feel like I have honestly become even stronger in my faith. Mm. Am I saddened more and scared more? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the realization that, and I don't, I don't let it sink in a whole lot. Sure. But there are days where I'm like, crap. So yeah, I mean, we're all going to die someday. Yeah. Probably going to happen a lot sooner for me. And then I'm like, God, that's, why are you thinking like that? Like that's Mm -hmm. stop. Mm -hmm. So I'm, Sometimes I, I'm torn between that, but I, I am very proud of my faith. I am a convert to um, the Catholic religion and mm. am happy to say that, you know, I am. Mm. I was one of those guys that jumped headfirst into um the Catholic religion. And I'm pretty sure I hit my head when I did. So I did have to back up a little bit right. and take things back a little bit because uh, as much as I love my Catholic faith, I jumped so far in so fast that like I was involved in every single X, Y, and Z and doing this, yeah. that, and the other thing. And all of a sudden there, the things that were, should have been important, like spending more time with my wife and kids and growing that faith was consumed by being in the Knights of Columbus and ushering on Sundays and then doing this, that, and the other thing. And I was like, okay, stop. You, (laughs) you went from one extreme to the other. Did a priest ever have to tell you to cool it? Cause that's when you know it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) He has has not yet, but (laughs) okay. (laughs) Um, No. So, Luckily, I think my wife was the one who finally said, let's, let's take it, let's take it down a few notches. Mm -hmm. And that was a few, quite a few years ago. Um, With 
everything that's going on now between our social distancing and then oh god the the everything that physically has happened to me i i find myself praying mm. more mm-hmm I don't know what the right way to pray is. And I, I don't think anybody should ever tell you what it is, but for me, and this is one of those weird things, but I, I don't mind admitting it. I kind of lock myself in the bathroom and I just take that quiet time. Uh, sometimes I'll turn the shower on just so that the noise is drowned out. And I mm. just pray and I just talk Yeah, talk to God. That's, you know, man, and, and it usually starts out something like, man, I really suck at this. And uh, um, I know I'm not the best person that I need to be, but help me, mm. help me be what I need to be for my family, most importantly, mm-hmm. and uh, help me figure out what I can do to, to be happy. Because that's, I think right now, that's the thing that depending on the time of day is keeping myself from wallowing, you know, Mm -hmm. for letting that, uh, letting the negativity in and it's hard. It's hard to stay away from that. So, I mean, it's Seth, there's a lot going on and I'm pretty blown away because I was, I was dealing with some panic and anxiety last night. And what I realized too, is that, and on the cusp of my 20 years of sobriety, and I had this idea that it was, you know, you get a certain amount of time and you're fixed. Right. But like, what nope. you're showing, what you're reminding me of is that even you think that somebody gets this gnarly diagnosis and the, the, you know, their humanity or mortality, I should say, is staring them in the face, but they're still, you're still a human being, <laughs> you know, you're still susceptible to wallowing in self-pity and you're still susceptible to, you know, needing help. I mean, your prayer, dude, I mean, that is, that's I was a great prayer. I was, that's the 12 steps. <laughs> I suck at pretty this. Much I need help so that I can be good to other people and be happy in the world around me. Yeah. Boom. I can't, yep. I can't, I can't, couldn't written a better intention, prayer, whatever you want to call it, mantra. That's it. I mean, it, that's, that's beautiful. I just think that, I don't know, um, that, 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 that the humanity can still bog us down, even in the face of like, when, when, you know, you could be just, you think that the movies play it out as like, it's just this realization and every, all the cares go away and you realize like, I'm just going to live as if it, today's my last. And you're like, no, I'm still self-pitying. <laughs> like I can still get there. You know? Yes. I, I, I'm actually glad you mentioned that because I had, it. I feel, I don't feel silly, but it, it is kind of silly. Uh, to admit it, I had one of those moments. I was like, man, I am on the tail end of this radiation, mm. which is going great. Like it's mm. so easy. Mm. And I am on the tail end of this chemotherapy and it's all in pill form. So I take it at night and it's all good. And man, I'm smiling and I'm feeling really good about this. And then it was like, boom. And I don't have a size 12 foot, but if I did, it was that size foot right up my keister going, no, dude, guess what? There's more in store for you. And it's not great. It's not pleasant. And you still got to deal with it. And I was like, oh my God, this sucks. Mm. 
you know, I, I was feeling honestly on top of the world. Like how, how could this be so hard? Mm -hmm. And then it was, yeah. it was like, God bless America. What, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. And I, I usually have a pretty good array of, of cuss words. And I, I I don't think (laughs) even at that point there, I couldn't formulate (laughs) that. So bogged down with, the frustration so yeah, yeah the, the the profanity mo- node hadn't made it back yet <laughs> no, no it had not mm-hmm. that's right good i mean that saved me from looking like a jerk all the time that'd be kind of nice maybe right just, yeah i i it, <clears throat> i'm not a catholic i was raised in the christian church but i've left that and um consider myself a, a buddhist um i guess if you want to pl- slap a label on it when i was listening to a talk recently where the teacher was talking about just like it is this, it is the extreme difficulty and the hardship and the, and the suffering that actually synthesizes the most compassion in others. And so like this, this human car, you know, incarnation for you right now is you are the ripest to be the most compassionate to the people around you, you know? And so like, yeah. This is not all, this is, I guess what I'm saying is that, yes, I, I believe you, you are suffering in this way, but I also believe that it's, it's, it's allowing you to be so much more compassionate to others and hopefully to yourself. Hmm. I, I hope so. Um, I really, the people that I worry about the most is my immediate family. I, because I feel like, I mean, they're the ones that have to live with me. Mm. Uh, they're the ones that see me at my lowest and have to experience the, okay, daddy can't formulate his words. And now he's frustrated and they, they get to see and hear and feel everything. And I, that is the thing right now that I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to put a, a stopper or a cork on and say, okay, how, how do I better control this? Because I, I want them to see me the way my buddy Steve sees me. Mm-hmm. I want them to see, cause they are the same person. Mm-hmm. They really are. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve would get to see me for an hour or two. If, if I'm lucky, mm-hmm. Um, they get to see me for a day, mm-hmm. uh, the poor them <laughs> that used to be flip-flopped, you know, when we were working together, I yeah. saw you nine, 10 hours a day and they saw you when you got home. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We both had that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, we carpooled together quite a bit. And yeah. Yeah. But that's, you know, the, that's the thing that I see with you during this time is that at least you're aware of that. Yeah. Like that is something that is on your mind. You're not like sitting in the basement just going, Bleh! you know, leave me a fuck alone. Mm. Pardon my French, you know, but I mean like that's your, um, <laughs> that's what I, I, it's just so inspiring to me is hearing you say that like you're concerned about that Hmm. you know because it could be a very different situation 
I don't I don't have to have I don't have to have what you have going on to be in a place of like, I don't want to be around any of this right now because it's all about me. <laughs> right. Right. You know, I, I, I feel like you're probably entitled to a little bit of that. But I also know that especially your younger children will not understand that. Right. Yeah. The boys being the younger ones, um, it's tough. I'm I'm noticing my, uh, with our almost eight year old. Gosh, she turns eight in just a couple of weeks. Um, I feel like he is taking it the hardest. It's, he's your he's your he's your special buddy. He is my special buddy, and it's yep. really tough because he wants to do all of those things that I do, and when we can do them together, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then when Dad has to put his foot down and say, "Hey, you can't do this. You can't. This can't be this way," man the fence that goes up the mm-hmm. wall that goes up is the quickest that I've ever seen mm-hmm. anywhere from anybody. And it's immediate defense mode and mm-hmm. screaming at me and running away. And it That's takes gotta hurt a little bit ever to get him back mm-hmm. with the three-year-old. He's just, he's just mean right now. And <laughs> I wonder where he gets that from. <laughs> he, gets, he gets that from me. That, yeah, okay, I mean, okay. let's just be honest that he right. gets that from me. Um, but yeah, huh. but being three, he knows that um, daddy has bugs on his brain. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how. Yeah. Wow. Got bugs on the brain. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of the bugs are going away mm-hmm. as of right now. Sure. Uh, uh and when he can see the scar, he can see that it's healing mm-hmm. or has mostly healed. And so, mm-hmm. uh, he's good with that, but man, he, yeah, he had just being three and, and knowing that daddy is struggling and daddy can't do everything that he used to do. And mommy has to do so many more things. Mm-hmm. Um, he also, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you dummy head, you poopy head, a lot of name calling and, mm. and the, you know, three-year-old version of F you. Right. right. There, there's quite a bit of that, you know, and then my 13 year old, she has been amazing, which I kind of expected her to break. I got the impression she's kind of stepped up. Oh my gosh. She really has. Mm-hmm. She really has. Um, and then there's my 16 year old who is amazing. She's always been the most solid, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, mo- the rock of all of them. She's a lot like her mother, mm-hmm. not going to show any emotion, just going to plow through it, get it done. Um, yeah. But I know that it's been the toughest on her because mm-hmm. she has been physically there both times that, I've had an episode that she's had to contact my wife about. Hmm. And while being hard for her was probably a blessing. I think so. She was around for a variety of reasons. For sure. Oh my gosh. Blessing for me. Blessing Mm, for all of our family. Yeah. That she was, you know, she's, she's just so damn smart. Mm -hmm. She knew. 
Mm-hmm. Right away. This is what I need. Like not a panic, not a freak out. Right. Call my mom, get her on the phone. Mom says, okay, let's do a video call. Let me see what's going on. Okay. Call your grandmother who lives not too far away. Get her over. I'm leaving work. Like, and that she was, she kept it together. Wow. Oh yeah. She totally took yeah. care of business. Yeah. Um, badass. yeah, yeah. she is. So since I can't drive, I kind of gave her my car. <laughs> right. I mean, nice. Like, it, it's more of a, Hey, guess what? You get to start doing <laughs> right. You get to be our personal Uber. Right. Pretty Correct. much <laughs> with Correct. no charge. Right. <laughs> but I'll let me spin this a different way so that you yeah, can... right. Here's a car as a gift <laughs> right. that you can drive me around in, please. Right. There may be a couple strings attached on this Just one. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you, you, and what's your wife's name, Seth? Dawn. How are you guys? How's she? She is stubborn. Um, (laughs) She will be the first to tell you that. And she will also be the last to admit that anything is wrong ever. Mm. Um, And that's, that's tough for me because it, I am, an emotional Italian. I yeah. will cry. <laughs> I will tell you what's on my mind, good or bad, whatever. I, I don't have a problem sharing. Um, my wife is not the type that it wants to share. Mm. And I understand and I totally respect that, but I, I feel like I, I do need to push her mm. a little bit to, to pry a little bit, mm. trying to get her to just open up. Um, Mm. I know that I've been, I've heard her on the phone with uh, one of her very close friends quite a bit lately. And I'm, I'm very happy to hear them just talking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think as the weather gets nice, knock on wood that we'll, I'll see them out walking more because that was kind of one of their things. Um, But it's, it's tough because I was the one that I took care of all the bills. Mm. Well, now mm-hmm. she's taking care of all the bills. Mm-hmm. She's also handling all of this medical stuff yeah. and all of the hoops that have to ju- be jumped through. Um, and some of it is because she understands it. Some of it is because I can't mentally wrap my brain around it. Right. Well, and it helps that she's a medical professional. She is a medical professional. It, probably a good caveat to expose. Right. Her. Yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, she's, she's handling all of it, which makes me feel kind of like a piece of crap sometimes Mm. because I thought we had a pretty good split Mm -hmm. of just the, the duties. And I was, you know, able to let her kind of focus on if you've got a 14 hour shift this day, working at the hospital, you go to work, you focus on your 14 hour shift, you come home, you shower, get some food and go to bed. I, I got this. Mm-hmm. Now I don't got this. Mm-hmm. So now she's taking care of the bills. She's trying to coordinate this trip to Hawaii. She's, I mean, she's doing everything, man. Uh, so yeah, uh, that is tough on me because I know it's tough on her and she will never admit it. Hmm. 
She yeah. will never admit it. I, I, uh, I identify with having a badass but stubborn wife. And uh, <laughs> same. <laughs> and yes, sir. Man, they're and awesome. She, we all have that in common. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I, I know that if the shoe were on the other foot or something like that, she'd, she'd, you know, the same sort of love would come from me. I'd do whatever, you know, but it is hard to see because she's such a badass. She never shows it. She never shows how much, how hard it is. You know what I mean? Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, we are on the same page there, man. That like that resonates with me. It's just like, had I not, if I didn't have to sit down, unfortunately, and go, okay, well, <clears throat> babe, this, this is this and this and this. It's like, yeah, I know, I got this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There it is. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, th- this uh, is the, this is the the place where I say, Seth, your ego is not your amigo. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I know, I know it stings. I know it stings you because I know you like to be doing things. Yeah. And to yeah. not be able to, I know that just hurts a lot mm-hmm. and drives you crazy. And so I'll say it again. It's totally fine. Yeah. This is, this is not, uh, this is, this is called extenuating circumstances. And, and I think the best thing that you can do is what you were just talking about with your prayer. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's enough, man just to do what you can do to uh, be to live on a day-to-day basis to the, as best you can to be there for your kids and your wife in whatever way you can. And if that's just loving on them, then that's enough, you know, like that's enough. You, you make some good points there, man. Why you got to speak so intelligently? Well, it's not often. I'm on a roll here. So <laughs> Steve, um, Steve has a way of cutting through at the right time, Seth, and it just kind of floors you, you know, yeah. but he's right. It's like, I don't know. I, I, I identify with what you said too, about being the emotional one. And, and I definitely wear my feelings on my sleeve. I'm an actor by trade. I teach acting now, so I kind of have to, but, um, but it's also like, I'm very, I've learned, I've learned how to, how to do love, right? I've learned how to give love. I can do that. Well, I'll be damned if I could receive it. I have a hard mm. time receiving that, you know, I just do. Oh. It's just, it's hard. It's hard to receive. It's hard to receive the grace and love that you put out. It's hard to receive that back. And, and I that you feel and, other people for totally deserve. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but not me. <laughs> I hope that I hope that you sense that. I hope that you feel that, man. You know, yeah, that's cool. It's 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 a pretty cool it's a pretty cool thing, and it's it's nice to hear that um, because it is tough. I, and I was having thoughts similar to what you had just said the other day. I was so I was sitting here going, okay, when is it my turn to just pretend that I don't have cancer and I can go back to, uh, I was actually talking with my wife about, um, doing this Eucharistic ministry that we do through the church. So it's taking, taking communion to people that are homebound. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then also, um, being an acolyte 
which in the Catholic Church is uh, someone who helps the priest distribute communion. Yeah. So those were two big things, both involving distributing communion. Mm-hmm. Very, very important to me. Mm-hmm. To me, those were my opportunity to pull my head out of my butt and mm. be truly selfless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and put the focus on those people that were in need. Yep. With COVID, with everything that's gone on. And then now this, I'm like, well, man, that's stupid. <laughs> okay. I, I can't do any of that. And I just would love to pretend that my cancer doesn't exist and just go back to doing this and put the focus on somebody else on something else. Mm. I know it's not realistic, but that my mind's kind of been there lately is, yeah. You know what, man, it just hit me and we can talk about this on offline. You can't drive, but I can. Ah, And and if you were able to get out with your inhaler to go distribute the Eucharist on Sundays, I'll drive you. Oh, that's awesome, man. That would be amazing. They're, they're talking about opening that, that ministry, um, back up. So, uh, probably be another month or so, but well, I appreciate that. Yes. Keep me posted, man, because I would love to do that. I will that come get you. Awesome. We'll go to St. John's and we'll go deliver the Eucharist. Mm. Dude, that like Beautiful. melts my heart. That's mm. awesome. Well, it might melt mine too, and it could probably use a little of that. So there you go. <laughs> What's melting my heart is the, um, the, 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 the desire to serve, the desire to be of service because you can only take being served so much and oh you gosh. realize, you realize the value, right? Like you realize yeah. the, the, the sense of self-worth and the joy and just the, just the sense of usefulness that that can bring. I mean, that is universal shit, man. And like, that is the, just the, the, like, I just want to help. I just want to serve someone. I just want to serve someone and bring somebody to the table and bring that sense of community and sort of what's at the heart of the, the communion or the Eucharist or the sharing together of the community. I just want to be a, I just want to be a cog in the wheel to help I move that along. Really like the way you put that. Just bring somebody to the table. Yeah. I don't, cause I feel like this is, this is where I want to cry. I feel like I have am being brought to the table mm. and I just, that's not me. Mm. You know, I mean, that's, I, you know what? I appreciate it. I, I thank God truly uh, for everybody that he has blessed me with uh, the people that I know and don't know people from church that are not from church, uh, from family, friends that have poured this love and affection on me and my family. And I am so grateful. And now I'm at that point. I'm like, Okay, enough's enough. Mm. I don't know how much more I can handle. Is it is it my turn to to throw it back on somebody else? And mm-hmm. I I mean yes. So if there's an opportunity, uh, I would take advantage of that because I 
I want to, I want to serve in, mm. in some capacity. Um, mm. Cause gosh, darn it. Whenever it is time for me to go out, as we were talking about, we don't know mm. when that's going to happen, but right. it's probably sooner rather than later. I mean, the, the reality is. Yeah. So I want to go out having served others as much as people have been serving me uh, through this time of need. Yeah, man. I, it's not lost. I mean, yeah, I, I, to, not to make it about me, Seth, but that's the thing that saved my life 20 years ago to get yep. sober is the idea of like, all right, dude, you're here, but you, you don't get to wallow. You, you get to move your feet. And, yep. and that that's a, and the, the, the ability to serve and the ability to have those opportunities to serve is a gift in and of itself to not be taken for granted. Yeah. You know, the readily available opportunity to be of use, you know, um, and, and the simple impulse to communicate. These are, these are, these are the gifts, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. these are the gifts. Mm. This, uh, you guys, you guys being here with me and being able to, and just talking with me about it, that that's, that means a lot. Uh, thinking back to what the conversation Steve and I were having about us sitting on my front porch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Man, that was a gift. Mm -hmm. Kids mm -hmm. play and uh, get the grass stains and, mm -hmm. and, and Steve's wizardry in getting them out <laughs> also, by the way. Awesome. Thank you, Thank you um, for properly acknowledging that. Absolutely, man. <laughs> We can't just gloss over that. Uh, right. No, but man, just sitting next to you on that bench out in the sun and mm -hmm. having a conversation about anything and everything that had nothing to do with effing cancer. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's I mean, nice. and that's, that's the thing, man. Like when you guys were talking about that, it's like, don't take sitting on the porch with your friend talking about laundry don't no, ever, those, that's the best times don't ever take that for granted yeah ever yeah and it doesn't cost nothing right no it's amazing yeah it's awesome well man we've been at this for a while is there anything uh you oh, want to say ask in, the... in conclusion uh, or any final thoughts, Seth? It's been, I, I, I got to know. I have to do my thing. Oh, I do it. To... Joel's got a thing. Seth, Sweet. we asked this of all our guests and then you can give us parting words of wisdom. What do you, uh, what are you listening to? What are your, what do you, what do you listen to currently that may surprise us? Or what are your like all time favorite bands, songs? What, what's, okay. what's getting you through? What music is really, you know, exciting you oh, right now? I love, I love music. I will tell you that after the brain tumor and, and subsequently the, um, see, I have to read my note cause I can't I remember that. seizure. There we go. Nice. I, I have not, I have not listened to a lot of music. Mm. I, I found myself getting bored with movies that I love. So mm. there's been a strange little twist. Wow. Interesting. In in how my brain is recognizing entertainment. Wow. I will say as a I am primarily a country music fan anymore. Nice. 
sorry to everybody that no is apologies um, everybody gets their weird stuff no right no uh, but i was brought up on um rock and roll like 60s some more 70s rock and roll yeah uh was not a big fan of 80s uh, although the the hair band and then the transition into grunge i kind of i listened to all of that but yeah uh if i were to turn something on right now i would probably turn on some acdc or some rolling stones and i and and i think some of that sticks in my head because i believe steve and i were talking about um the stones nice i'm gonna be playing Uh, some rolling stones music here in the not too distant future yeah and i love i just i love good i hate the generic term but i'm gonna use it classic rock because i guess for the era that the three of us are in that's kind of the classic rock right so i i love that and and so yeah that would be my music um i have to put the gratuitous plug in there i have really enjoyed finding and listening to your podcasts Mm. when steve told me about it before you know before the tumor before the everything yeah uh, i was like yeah I'll, i'll check it out yeah, it's like, right. oh, I'll listen to your podcast once. Right, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, I'll listen to it. Sure, why not? And no. I was engrossed. Mm. I was. I was truly engrossed. And um, I want to say it was probably the fourth one was the one that it, it coincided with, I think, the day that I got out of the hospital after mm. the tumor removal. Hmm. and there was there was a brief mention from steve about yeah. you know what i was going through and yeah yep. uh, and man that hit me really hard hmm. but i was like okay it's you know there's this recognition and realization and and uh it was real and I mean, I've listened to every podcast mm. since then, um, since before and after, and and it's awesome. So I, I do listen to your podcasts regularly, and then my thanks, my man. country music, and then my <laughs> classic rock. I gotta I know. know. I gotta know because I'll put it out on the Instagram. What's your like top country act? Who's your favorite? Oh man, um, I'm a big Eric Church fan. Okay, yeah, because I truly believe he has kind of said, Hey, I want you to listen to my music, but if you don't F you, I don't care. (laughs) And I like that about him because he's kind of a nonconformist who happens to get really great radio play. (laughs) That's nice. That's nice when the punks can, can sell some records, right? It's like, he sounds like he's kind of a, you know, country guy. He's like, screw it. I don't care if you like it or not. I'm going to do my thing. So yeah. Yeah. That's Yeah. I just, I always have to ask our guests like what, what they're listening to. It's a, it's such a, such a cool thing to get to know uh, what, what music sort of trips their trigger. So. Yeah, for sure. All right. Right on, man. Well, Seth, thanks for doing this. Thank you guys. It's been real great. so much. really fantastic. And um, you know, we'll, we'll cut you in on the Lamborghini money. Yeah. Um, Yeah. A little bit. Sure. Uh, Yeah. Fine. 
Hot um, Wheels, right? No, yeah. well, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yep. It's like, yeah, Hot Wheels beat up Countach from 1986. Right. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. It's got some sand in the doors. Yeah. yeah. And like, Somebody's initials were matches right. markered on it. Yeah. All right. All right, man. Thank Thanks, you so much. Thanks, buddy. Man. You rock. Thank you guys both. I appreciate it. You bet, man. Yeah.